Welcome back to What the Midwife Said, the podcast about how babies and families are made. I'm your host, Leah Hazard, and I'm a mother, a writer, and yes, I'm a midwife too. In this series, I'll be speaking to some fascinating guests about their experiences of pregnancy, birth, and parenthood, from fertility and loss, to the challenges of navigating our maternity services, to the joys and traumas of raising children in a changing world. No judgment and no shame, just what the midwife said. It's been a minute since season one, and I hope you've all been staying safe in the meantime. I've been busy midwifing and writing, and I want to take a minute to appreciate all of my colleagues all across the NHS who've been giving so much of themselves this past year. If this is you, then I really hope this podcast will give you a little respite from what continues to be a hugely challenging time. Today's guest has faced her life's biggest challenge since we last spoke. It's Anna McNuff, a self-described adventurer and mischief maker. After running the length of New Zealand, cycling through every state in America, and running 90 barefoot marathons across Britain, last year Anna came on the podcast ahead of her toughest challenge yet, pregnancy and birth. Having Storm meant I was going to get my body back. To, yeah. Again, how, how naive. <laughs> I was like, once the baby's out of my body, <laughs> I still don't have my again. body back. <laughs> and then I was just like, what is going on with my boobs? And, and for anyone that's not done breastfeeding yet, it's literally like someone who stood there for a whole day and punched you repeatedly in the tip. I mean, one of the things I wish someone had spoken to me more about was, was sleep and you know what like good sleep habits for your baby and stuff like that because I feel like that's a battle we had to uh, we had to go through on our own and learn that and there were things you know I was feeding her to sleep in the first first few months because I didn't know that's you know not necessarily the way to go you want to create good sleep habits but you just you're just doing it I'm so happy that she's agreed to come back to tell us all about the dramatic arrival of Baby Storm and her experience of the fourth trimester over the past few months. Okay, Storm's just woken up behind me. Can you hear her screaming? <laughs> nice, good. Nice. It all adds to the authenticity. Jamie's on it. Leah, I love your hair before we start the podcast. Like, that is oh, just Oh, thank you. Gorgeous. You know, um, so this lovely. is just my, like, oh. Thank you. I went to this hairdresser last week who specializes in curly hair and she was like, no, you have to just go with it. It's gorgeous. So I feel like I'm trying on a wig all week. I'm like, how does this look? But anyway, thank you. And you look fantastic. You look amazing as ever, which is unbelievable considering, you know, what you've been through. (laughs) Thanks very much. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, let me just, let me just check. He's got her. Can I just check one sec? Sorry, I can hear her crying. I don't least heard her. Jay! Oh, you're in there. Oh, sorry. I could hear the crying. I was just like, didn't they? Yeah. Are you just getting her, get her up now. Yeah, I think just get her up. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, God. Sorry, Leah. We're doing the no, crazy thing. And uh, oh. so it's all just a bit like up in the air. Anyway, right. Ready. I mean, how the hell are you? Like, how's Anna McNuff today? What's going on? Uh, oh my gosh! Well, what's going on? There is, uh, there's just baby life. That's what's going on. Although I'm feeling a lot more. I actually feel like I've climbed out of this dark hole that I've been in for a, a fair few months. So um, I'm feeling very positive and a bit more in control at the moment. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. I mean, you say the past few months, so remind us, since we last spoke to you, obviously you were still preggers, and then when was Baby Storm born? 
Storm was born on the 19th of December. And um, yeah, so she's now seven and a half months old. So, I mean, I found the first, I mean, I, f- I found the whole of parenting hard, but the first few months, especially, I was just like, what on earth has happened? What is this? Um, it was nothing like I expected. It was so much harder than I expected. And I just feel like motherhood hit me like a freight train. Um, and yeah, it's, I, it's just so, it's such a difficult time when you're not expecting it to be like that. I don't know what I expected, but um, yeah, it, we found it really tough. Mm, yeah I mean you you said like you felt like you're just coming out of this dark hole and just for anybody who's listening we're actually recording this um in August and so that's like eight or nine months of a dark hole that's that's pretty tough actually yeah and you know what's weird is you like basically our biggest issue has been she's she's not a great sleeper and we've struggled and she had a lot of gut problems and so we got to a point where I hadn't slept longer than three hours in one go in seven and a bit months. And um, she was waking like every hour, hour and a half through the night. And and we just both turned into these complete zombies and you just carry on and carry on. And then I think it's been about a, since a week ago, we started this new sleep thing and I've actually got a little bit of sleep. And I only now realise like how much, how yeah just how much of a zombie and how low my energy was and like I was trying to I'm trying to write a book and I just couldn't even concentrate and so it's only when you come out of it that you look back and think oh my gosh how did how did I well there's no option is it you just carry on you just carry on there is no off button there's no like I want to take a break um and I yeah I really I really struggled um so I'm so feeling I just I can't tell you how I like these last few days I just feel on top of the world because I can actually function (laughs) oh I'm so glad and yeah you really only realize that don't you like in retrospect once you come through the hole and it's it's interesting because a lot of people would think you know if you have on paper what's a great birth experience that sort of meets or exceeds a lot of your expectations and you feel really strong and powerful like you do that that then um starts you on a high and like everything will be great Mm. but that's not always the case and no matter what your birth is like it can be a shock to your whole system and your identity and and the whole thing can then be still an ordeal so like take us back a little bit obviously I because we've been keeping in touch a little bit I know a bit about how Storm came into the world but (laughs) would you mind like going back in time and sharing with everybody your birth story because so many listeners got in touch and were like oh how did Anna get on what happened and can you like give us a, a quick recap yeah, I remember thinking at the time of talking to you, I'm going to talk to you next time when I'm a mum and be like, oh, that was so naive. Um, but I have to say, I, I I had the best possible birth that I could have hoped for. Um, I, I mean, I'll take you on the little journey. Um, if you just stop me, just be like, speed it up, Anna, um, if you want. But basically, my waters went at four in the morning. And it's so exciting when your waters go, but you're not quite sure. And, uh, and I was like, is this, I mean, is, is this it? Oh my gosh. And I was like, on my own, you know, drinking, basically I'd got up because I was doing my usual, you know, pregnancy, drink peppermint tea and have some cereal because you're starving. Um, and I just thought, this is so exciting. Um, and then my mom Did you just, were you like standing in the kitchen wondering if you'd weed yourself or what, where were you? <laughs> no, I was sitting on the sofa 
and I felt like a like a gush and I thought that's unusual like there should be no gushing going on what's that um and like it wasn't dramatic you know like a movie's dramatic but it just felt like I'd like wet myself but I knew I hadn't wet myself so I went to the bathroom and I like stood in the bathroom and I had like a pee pot and I don't know why I just felt compelled to com- collect the fluid and inspect it because and then I googled what amniotic fluid looked like and I was like that's looking like my waters have just broken thanks google um and uh, and so then I just Jay was still asleep and I thought right stay calm and then I had this massive craving for salt and fat and I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna say this shamefully I drove to McDonald's um wow what a woman yeah yeah, got myself a double sausage and egg McMuffin felt really dirty I was half an hour too early to get a chocolate milkshake which was disappointing um and then got back home uh had my breakfast and then uh I think I woke Jamie up at nine and I just said like Jay don't like don't freak out but um you know my waters have gone and he was like Whoa, okay okay right um and then probably about half an hour after that I was starting to get on all fours and sway on the bed and he was just so funny going he <laughs> was like filming bits of it and being like what is this? What's happening? What's what is it? Is this a contract? What's what's going on right now? It's like, mm-hmm, Jay, yeah, this is a, this is what's going on. Um, and then I thought I had loads of time because I'm first time mum, and everyone says first labour is really long, so just settle in. And we'd plan this whole day of like, yeah, Disney movies. We were going to watch both the Frozen's because Jay had never seen it. And so and you had planned it, a home birth anyway, hadn't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I planned a home birth. So I was like, yeah. I'm where I need to be. This is fine. And then at about um, 10 o'clock, I said, Jay, like, go and get the midwife some food because like, we need to be prepared when they get here. We need to have some like snacks for them because you know, it could be, a long, could be a long one. So off he goes to Aldi. All the stores are available, of course. And then while he was out, I rung the hospital to let them uh, run the whatever. I don't know who I rung, but I rung someone that I had to ring to inform them that I was. It's like midwife HQ. It's like a special kind of cubbyhole in the sky when you put up the bat signal and we all go, wow, she's in labor. Yeah. (laughs) I sent out the birth bat signal. and, uh, and, And it was so funny because midwife HQ were also like, okay so it's your first birth and da, 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 and he's probably gonna be a while and at that point I was having some pretty strong contractions like I could barely talk to her but but being me I was like well maybe these aren't that strong you know maybe I'm just like and then I must have got off the phone and 20 minutes later I text Jay I was like you need to get back here now and then I text the doula and said um please can you come like now um, and I didn't realise she'd just come off an all-night birth so she'd literally been home an hour. <laughs> and so, poor love, she didn't tell me this till afterwards. Um, and then things just went quite rapidly. And at one point, I remember the doula was with me and I'm so grateful I had her support because she just kept she just kept saying things to me like, keep your head in the game, Anna. Like when she could feel me getting really tense through the contraction, she was just calming me down. But it must have been within half an hour later, I was making the farmyard noises, um, which I've never made that noise in my life. But it just feels wonderful to move like a cow for some reason, doesn't it? When you're. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's funny. That's exactly how um, my husband, your cousin, describes yeah. me making noises in labor, which is, first of all, he always says, I'm like an athlete in labor, which is um, maybe normal for you not so much for me so that's that's quite unusual for me um but also he says mooing like a cow and it is yeah. there's definitely something to that how it releases the pain in some way or that the overwhelm yeah. you know it gets it out a bit doesn't it 
it's like singing it's almost like the vibrations of pushing air out and making noise are like in tune with whatever's going on in the uterus and it just it yeah so I just started doing that and then I remember the doula at one point the sort of midwife still hadn't arrived um because they thought I was gonna be ages and then uh and then the doula said and are you feeling like you want to push uh, and I was like, absolutely. And I've been feeling like I want to push for about half an hour. And um, and she was like, right. Um, so basically, mid, I think in Gloucestershire, we, they weren't allowed to have the home birth kit at the house. There was some rule. I don't know. We can't be trusted. And um, and so she, the midwife's supposed to go by the hospital to pick it up. But she didn't bother. She just came straight. Um, and then, yeah, I think my total labour time was three hours and 20 minutes and um wow. which is so short but I thought she was ready to come out after about an hour to be honest and then so I was like don't bother with the pool no I don't want to get in the pool she's almost here and then about an hour and a half later I was like okay I've got bruises on my knees um I need to get off my knees and uh, the pool was amazing um but I remember I was about probably about 20 minutes before she arrived I, I said like how much longer do I have to do this and uh, the doula was so sweet. She was like, just as long as it takes, Anna. And and at one point, Jamie went, just try to enjoy the journey. <laughs> All the women <laughs> nice. in the room went, Jay. And that, yeah, and that was it. So she came into the world, like, at three o'clock in the afternoon. So, um, and I, yeah, I, I hadn't, you know, she didn't even have any time to get any yas and air or anything. And I didn't even, didn't even occur to me to have even asked for it if I'd wanted it. And, um, I just felt like I was in a process, my body was doing it, and I just needed to keep having the energy to do it. And at one point, I remember the doula saying to me, have you eaten anything, Anna? And I, I was so embarrassed. I couldn't bring myself to say all I'd had was a double bacon sausage and egg McMuffin from McDonald's at six o'clock that morning. So at some point between contractions, I went, McDonald's, McMuffin. And she's like, right, that's it. The whole of labour was done on that. Wow. And you didn't meet that Eggman Buffin coming and going, did you? I mean, it sounds like it went down, it no. stayed down. That's it stayed great. down, it went down, it did the trick, <laughs> you know, dirty and shameful as it felt, it did the trick. And um, and I just I just remember feeling when she came out, just the, the relief. I was like, I, and suddenly it's like, you're back in the room. It, and I'm yeah. just thanking the midwife saying, thank you so much for being here. And Because oh. I'd just been in the zone and gone. So yeah, um, yeah, it was amazing, amazing. It sounds phenomenal and exceptionally speedy, definitely for your first baby. Do you, and sometimes what I find is that, um, particularly with your first baby, when it can be very quick like that, there's an element of shock afterwards. Did you feel a little bit like shocked or surreal, or were you just instantly euphoric, or what was the rest of the evening like for you? Yeah, I think it's when the the midwife's left and the doula left and Jay and I are sat on the sofa with our child and I just thought, what the hell? Like this time yesterday, I had no idea we were going to have, have her, you know, now. And 24 hours later, we have a human to look after. And I just, it was so surreal. So I didn't feel like it was, it wasn't a shock. It was a lot of relief, but I definitely it wasn't euphoric. It was just like, I felt like I was existing in this parallel universe and what has just happened. Um, but um, I do just the overwhelming feeling was just I'm so glad I've I've done it because there's before you have a baby, there's just all this is so unknown. You know, you don't know what it's going to be like. And to have actually gone through it and had it go well 
um or as well as it could have done I just I just felt so relieved yeah just just amazing mm. and was it anything like you expected in terms of the actual sensation <laughs> of doing it or what you ended up saying or how you were moving or or I mean because I know uh, social media loves to do the whole sort of expectation versus reality thing. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. was it anything like your expectation? I n- no, nothing like I expected it to be, and I think that's because the the sensation of the contractions are there, and, and I hesitate to call it pain because although it is a pain, it's more like it's just the, it's such a strong, powerful sensation, and you've never felt anything like it before in your life. And I thought it was going to be me, like, pushing on through pain. Um, And actually, when the head was crowning, I really enjoyed that bit because it was a familiar pain. I was like, oh, this is skin pain. I understand this. Like, I feel in control. It's like, oh, great. I know what I was really happy. Like, I was like, I felt really back in control, whereas the contractions are so... Um, like your your body's literally doing it. You you're it's it's almost like my body was doing it, and my mind. You just need to stay calm and cling on. That's all it is. Like, and that's that's what was I thought it was going to be my mind leading my body, but it was my body was doing it, and and I was just sort of watching it happen and going, just stay calm and let the body do what it wants to do. And that's what was so different about it from what I expected. It really was like my bod knew what it was doing like it was it was getting this baby out and um and it's so powerful it's just yeah it's unbelievable and and the thing is even though I had the most amazing birth it is it's a huge event and it took me a while to be able to Jamie filmed the whole thing of course he did um and it took me a while to be able to watch it back because it is a very um there was no trauma as such but it can it's quite it's such there's so many emotions and so your body goes through so much that I think it takes a while to process what's actually just happened mm. and you obviously you know have a deep relationship with your body from all the kind of endurance challenges and things that you've done and all the stuff you've put your body through and it's it's served you well do you feel like because you had already established that trust in your body that allowed you to surrender in a way to the process it sounds like you very much felt like okay well my body's just doing this I don't really need to Mm. micromanage it too much yeah definitely I think um you know I went last time I was on with you I said I was treating it like the vagina olympics I was like come on you know I was like getting psyched up for it and I think that really helped in that I was I was ready but I was ready to trust trust my body and I think that yeah that really does help and I think all the breathing exercises I'd done all the cold water swimming all the things that made me stay calm when your body's going through something that's physically like wants to make adrenaline shoot off in every direction um that really helped because I think that was that was the key yeah I think it was just about staying calm that's that's the biggest thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's a huge help and no matter which way your birth goes staying calm and kind of being able to trust your body that it it can and will go through whatever it needs to go through is a huge thing in not only yeah. having a positive experience but looking back on it I think with positivity as well yeah so it's great that you had that so you had this as you say huge experience and must have felt you know incredibly chuffed with yourself or should have done felt really proud of yourself and then you have what we call the fourth trimester which is this you know dark hole that you've been in for the better part of the last year so when did it go yeah. from like 
oh, this is great. Like I've completed the Vagina Olympics gold medal, baby storm is here yeah. to like, oh, right. Shit's real now. This is actually quite hard. Yeah. I think it was within a week where um, the first week you're like, okay, great. I just give baby everything they need. You know, what do they need? Da, 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 and you're there for it and you're here. And then you hit that week and you're like, I am so tired. Like your body is recovering from this huge physical ordeal and you can't get the sleep to catch it up to where it needs to be. Um, and and you've automatically just shoved any of your needs, of course you have, to the back to the background because you're trying to do what's best for this baby. And as a first time mum, you don't, you know, you just don't know what's right, what's wrong. So you're second guessing yourself all the time. Um, and I think I got to the end of the first week and the reality of it sunk in and I was just exhausted and I just thought, oh my God, if this is the next few months, like I I I just don't I yeah, I just started to think, oh my gosh, like yeah. And I think at one point, I think this was maybe actually a couple of weeks in. Um, I thought I was going to be really earth mothery. I thought I was going to be like, so I always wanted to be a mum. So I thought I was going to be a hundred percent like, yeah, I'm just like going to, you know, just love every moment of it. And I think I was about two weeks in and Jay's mum was round and I was sat in the corner and I was boot feeding and I was just really frustrated because it was the demands on your body are so much when you're breastfeeding. And I think I said something to her, it was just really crude, like, oh, I just don't think I was put on this planet just to sit on this effing sofa and just breastfeed. And she just looked at me. I was like, just wet herself laughing because apparently I, it was so funny. I'm there with this like precious little baby doing this beautiful thing. And I'm just like going, I don't want to sit on this car sofa anymore. So, um, yeah, whirlwind, whirlwind. Yeah, but I think so many people feel like that. And I think on the subject of kind of expectation versus reality, we just aren't getting it right with breastfeeding. And I just don't know how we can get it right because with all the best will in the world of wanting to be an earth mother and feeding on demand or responsibly and, you know, being completely pro boob, it is exhausting and relentless at times. And I mean, do you feel that that was part of what made it, so difficult or was it just kind of a combination of of everything you know your body was just being sort of depleted on every level in a way no definitely because I had been so focused on you know I I think I said in the last podcast I didn't particularly enjoy pregnancy in the sense that I couldn't be as active as I'd once been and and so having storm meant I was going to get my body back to again how how naive (laughs) I was like once the baby's out of my body, <laughs> I still don't have my again. body back. <laughs> and then I was just like, what is going on with my boobs? And and for anyone that's not done breastfeeding yet, it's literally like someone has stood there for a whole day and punched you repeatedly in the tits. And then they're just these swollen, massive things. And then, and I was just like, I'm just, and, and, and I want, and, and yeah, so I found breastfeeding really difficult and I almost gave up. I think every other day I said, Jamie, I've got to stop. I can't, I can't do this because it was so uncomfortable and I wasn't sure if I'm doing it right. And, um, and of course, you know, your baby's not got like a millimeter marker on them. So you don't know whether you're filling them up or not. <laughs> so I was just like, um, yeah, so I found it really difficult. 
yeah, I just, I just, again, I just wasn't prepared for what was about to go on the changes in your body when you breastfeed. And I just thought, here we go again, you know, oh my goodness me, not in control of my body. And I think it was, I made it to, I said, I'm going to go to three months and then see how I feel. And I made it to three months. And then there's that change where I think your milk stops being hormonally driven or something. And suddenly my boobs calm down. It's like they went, oh, okay, right. And oh, it just felt that became more manageable. So then it was just the sleep deprivation. But um, yeah, so it, it was just, um, yeah, nothing like I expected motherhood to be at the start. And um, and of course, you've got all these people saying to you, oh, it goes by so fast. And unfortunately, quite often those first few months, all you want to do is press fast forward. That sounds terrific. But I just wanted to get to three months to six months and just and um, and now now she's seven and a half months and she's started to just be an absolute joy to be around. I'm just like, yeah, I see what people mean, but I would never say that to a new parent. Oh, relish these moments. It goes by so fast. Don't say that to a new parent. <laughs> no, I mean, the things that people say to you are just ridiculous, aren't they? And when they say it goes by so fast and cherish every minute. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I feel like a lot of the first, or at least for me, the first few weeks and months really dragged. Um, and if yeah. I could have found that fast forward button, I definitely would have pressed it. Of course, looking back, I think, you know, my girls were beautiful and, and I appreciate that they were gorgeous. And I, of course, I love them. But um, especially when you're going through it for the first time, every minute feels like an eternity because you just don't know when it's ever going to end. And there's not only that physical challenge of, my body looks different, my breasts feel different, I'm just being touched all the time. But I think also, I don't know if you found this, but for your first baby, there's, I mean, for so many women, your whole identity, your sense of self gets broken down into tiny pieces, and you have to rebuild that again. Yeah, that is really true. And I think that's why I had my meltdown about, you know, sitting in the corner of the sofa. I felt like I just not left the sofa because it was most comfortable place because my back was also really sore. So I could barely walk. So um, just because it just and, and then I think it made it worse because I was sat on the sofa breastfeeding so much that I ended up having a really bad back. And uh, yeah, I think that was it. I just hit that point and I was just like, who, who, I, who am I? What is this? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, and of course, I now look at photos of her in those first few weeks and I go, oh, my goodness. And I know um, we are going to have number two, I think, hopefully. So I can't believe I'm saying that. But um, <laughs> that's but brave. You I heard can, it here first, guys. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, but I can already see that even going into number two with the knowledge that none of those stages last forever, that really helps you. But I think as a first time mum, you just, you know, and no one can tell you, no, no, no advice anyone can give you, nothing you read can prepare you for it you just have to go through it but I think the only thing to know is it is hard and I just thought why doesn't everyone not find this hard why am I finding this harder than everyone else and everyone I speak to goes oh yeah it was hard yeah I just didn't I just didn't want to tell too many people it was that hard hmm. yeah no it really is that hard for everyone and yeah I mean I wonder why this comes as such a surprise to everyone I wonder whether it's because we just don't talk about it enough or maybe we actually do talk about it loads but when you're pregnant you just don't really want to absorb that it's almost as if we have this self-preservation kind of filter isn't it where we go yeah okay it was hard for you but it's not going to be that hard for me oh absolutely I think there's so much to think about and my mind was thinking about everything to do with the birth um I mean, one of the things I wish someone had spoken to me more about was was sleep and, you know, what 
like good sleep habits for your baby and stuff like that because I feel like that's a battle we had to uh, we had to go through on our own and learn that and there were things you know I was feeding her to sleep in the first first few months because I didn't know that's you know not necessarily the way to go if you want to create good sleep habits but you just you're just doing it so um yeah I think there is only so much your brain can take before birth um so yes it's difficult it's very difficult Mm, it's difficult and everybody has such individual solutions to the sleep thing I mean some women are still feeding their baby to sleep two three years down the line and that's fine for them because it fits into their life and others are like no controlled crying from day one that's how I'm doing it and you know neither one of us of course is here to kind of um no dictate but it is a huge piece of the puzzle isn't it and I think it is yeah yeah go ahead no, no, and I was just going to say, I think the biggest thing that anyone that's struggling with sleep deprivation and a baby that's not sleeping as they want to needs to know is they're doing an amazing job, like whatever they're doing. I think what I struggle with is, like you say, everyone trying to give advice. And at the end of the day, the only person that knows your baby best is you. So whatever's allowing you to survive 24 hours, like you're doing your best. You know, there, there might be ways you could do it differently, better, whatever, but at the end of the day like you're doing a great job so I think you're right on that one Mm. the sleep is a huge thing undoubtedly and for you I mean I'm wondering a big part of your life maybe the biggest part of your life is also being physically active and being outdoors and being able to have not only activity but that headspace to yourself where you can just kind of lose yourself in the movement and the environment so how have you found that over the last few months in terms of not having that time and space the way you used to yeah well God, I mean I just this just sounds like a, just a string of woes wasn't it but like I said I my I really struggled with my back and um I think three months in I still could I was still struggling with like walking and my pelvis just basically kept wanting to tip forwards as if I was pregnant and then I kept wetting myself and that would happen couldn't cough couldn't sneeze and something to do with the way my body's put together basically the the muscles around my spine are just and my my um I guess it's what the transverse abdominis whatever is at the front I just got so weak um and so used to carrying the storm and, and being in that tilted position my pelvis that I I couldn't get back to running and when you've only got 20 minutes to do exercise um you know if you can fit that in in the day great that's all I had like running would be the most efficient thing and it took me um until six months to get back to being able to do a 20 minute run um and now I'm up to about half an hour um and I can run three times a week and that is just monumental and I talk about identity I feel like I'm actually getting a piece of myself back um so that that was I found that really difficult and also the thing you think when you're going through that if you're having you know weakness issues and you've got to do some strength work you're so demotivated to do it and then I look at all the exercise and I'm like that's not going to make any difference like it's lying on my back and tilting my pelvis up to the that's not going to make a difference you know and then you do it for 10 minutes and you go oh that actually that actually makes the world of difference and it's just the steps are like baby 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 mm, baby steps. it can do yeah yeah so um, completely and it's interesting how you just kind of slipped in there by the by the whole sort of like incontinence thing of like yeah I was peeing myself so I couldn't cough or sneeze and so so many women almost kind of treat that as a sort of like incidental yeah we don't need to really kind of go into that but 
It's so common. And so when you found that you were having those kind of issues, did you, was it like an NHS physio that you used or did you key into kind of support networks you already had to get more specialised advice? Yeah, Um, I went to, um, I had had a mummy MOT. I think we talked about that at a a physio in London um, that I used through a friend of a friend. And I asked her because I said, look, obviously I can't get to London. Um, is there anyone in the West Country that you know? And she, I think there's a website, I think it's something to do like mummymot.com or whatever, um, where you can go and look up where your local women's health physio is that's registered for that. And I found one just down the road in Cheltenham. And um, and I, I think it was, there was a point where, and this is, this was, um, and like, you know, like I said, I just, I just mentioned it there, but you're right, it's not normal. And I think, not normal, but it's not, we shouldn't accept it as something that just happens. I think, I, there, there, there was a point where I thought I need to do something about this now because it was really annoying me. You know, I don't want to be coughing and sneezing and wetting myself. You know, it's just, I, it was annoying me. And I remember there was one morning where I was in the kitchen holding Storm on my own and I sneezed and I couldn't stop myself sneezing. And I like, my back went, I dropped to the floor, like hands and knees holding a baby and I just I pissed myself, excuse my language. Um, and I just started crying and I was just like this is not I like how I want to be and and I need to do something drastic so I then booked myself in with Louise this women's health physio and of course you go in there and that's they, they do this all day every day I mean you know you're very familiar with with ladies vaginas and um as opposed to men's vaginas I love the way I said that but you know you're <laughs> yeah you're... <laughs> try and avoid those if I can help it <laughs> but um, you're you know it, it's like and just again the relief and she really this is the thing I don't know if you've heard of like your trigger pointing you know you release tight muscles mm-hmm. um she like had a feel around and then she said oh is that sore and she was poking on one side of the wall of my, my vagina and I said yeah that is actually and she released a trigger point in my vagina mind blown and she pressed on it and then it the muscle like well, I don't, it's a muscle isn't it I don't know mm-hmm. I just sell these silly things with you Leah you just let me go for it great <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead then and and she said like think of it like a knob of butter and it's gonna melt and it just went and then she poked it she was like how's that and I said oh my goodness that is so much better and she said right you should be a bit less like uncomfortable now because I've released you know there was a tightness there from from birth and I just thought if she hadn't done that and if I hadn't gone and seen her, I'd still been struggling on now thinking, oh, this is fine, you know. So, yeah. And then I got on my pelvic floor exercises and did all the core work and got everything going again. Mm. And this, I mean, in a way, very different from physical training you've done in the past, but also in a way, very similar in the sense that you're used to kind of putting your body through certain exercises and routines to rehabilitate certain issues so although you've maybe never had somebody release your vaginal wall before (laughs) it's not it's not an entirely unfamiliar concept to you that you have an issue you go to the expert you get it sorted and it's really nice in a way that there was no stigma around that for you you were just like this is annoying I'm gonna fix it well that's it I came out and I thought if that was my calf muscle and I had a tight calf or I had a sore calf I would have I would have gone in and got it sorted. I wouldn't have let it, you know, sort of debilitate me. And and you're right. I just came out and went, gosh, just muscle like that's been released. And um, yeah, it just blew my mind. I just and and you're right. I, I came out thinking, why don't we treat um, 
you know, our vagina and and the muscles and all the all the work that's involved in birth, like we do every other part of our body in athletics and whatever else. So I was all for it, and I told everyone about it, and and then I got some vagina weights. Little like oh, weighted yes. pants. Oh my god! Right. Okay. Well. So I mean, I. <laughs> I mean, you, you lovely listeners at home won't be able to see how ecstatic Anna's face is at the idea of vaginal weights. So, I mean, we jest, vaginal sort of dumbbells, but what's it? So it's like a weighted insert that you clench and release. Is that the idea? Yeah. So the women's health physio introduced it to me. It's like a weighted tampon, but you can adjust how much weight is in there. And basically, when you're trying to strengthen back up your pelvic floor after birth, it's about how much weight can you hold without it dropping out. And then you do things like stand on one leg, brush your teeth, and and it gradually strengthens it back up. And if you, I mean, I got low tech ones because I, I quite like the kind of vintage, you know, Gold's Gym style of lady dumbbells. But um, then I learned you can get all these like um, inserts where you you sync it up to an app on your phone and you play games like Angry Birds by squeezing your pelvic floor. Uh, <laughs> it's just like this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's another world. I mean, everything has been gamified. But in a sense, if it helps, you know, if it gives some kind of like incentive to keep going and level up and all the rest of it, then why not? That's it. And the thing I like the most about the ones I use is I could pop them in and and still carry on and move around because it was just about keeping them in. So I didn't have to. I'm dreadful when people say, oh, just take 20 minutes to do exercises. I'm like, I haven't got 20 minutes, you know. So I liked my ones, although sometimes I nearly like did a conference call when I'd forgotten to take them out. And I was like running to the loo at the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. You're you're a role model for us all. Hey, I mean, who knows what I'm working on right now? You know, you can only see me from the shoulders up. So (laughs) (laughs) could be doing anything here. Yeah, you're, you're actually amazing, Anna, because you've you've taken on probably the biggest physical and emotional challenge of your lifetime I'm guessing and you've just attacked it with verve in every way from the sleep to the vaginal training to everything else I mean I'm guessing Jay your lovely partner must be in complete awe of you now oh bless him he 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 is you know he he said I think he says well I don't know if he told me that much but he said like what I've never seen anything like it you know birth is just phenomenal and what you he he did this um uh seven day world record on a treadmill and he said you know watching me was like it must have been me watching him do that like what your body goes through and everything and the sort of pride you have in it but he's also just really not, not I'd be surprised that he was an amazing dad but we've ended up a lot more 50-50 on the childcare than even than I expected, certainly. And it's just the way it's happened. And both of us are freelance. We work from home. So we're we're all we're both around all day. And he's got this beautiful bond with Storm and he has the little things that he does with her. And um so he's really surprised me in that sense. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know what I'd do without him. I think it's amazing if if the mum has got to take the bulk of the childcare and the the dad is out at work or vice versa. And we've also got a lot of support from his mum. So, and I found it difficult having only doing half the childcare, having Jay's mum as support like three, three, four times a week. So, um, yeah, he's 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 been amazing. He makes me laugh. Well, that's that's definitely the glue I think for any relationship. <laughs> Has it surprised you how much having a baby can really transform your relationship, both yeah, we um, had, negatively yeah. maybe and positively? 
yeah we had to have a really um a hushed chat while she was napping um and we one I think it was about three months in and we'd become our relationship had become so transactional everything was about the every conversation we had was about what Storm needed and what was happening next and who was doing what and da 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 and Jamie got a bit weird, you know, he just, and we're so close and connected. He's a very emotional soul, but when Jamie's weird, like I can feel it straight away. And we, I, we had this very hushed chat and, and we were like, what, what's going on? You know, it was like, what is, and it's really scary because you're, I was very frightened. I was like, we've got this child and she's not going anywhere. And if this is our relationship now, like this is not how we were a few months ago um and then it was really funny because because basically we were I was in the spare room Jamie's in and we were swapping doing night shift like half the night each to try and get some sleep and he said I think it's just that I want to be in the same bed as you you know like I want to like, actually have a cuddle and stuff and I said okay so let's let's like try that and we had this big chat and he said I feel much better and then um that night I said okay right so you're going to come in the bed with me tonight and we're going to do the night together and he just stood at the door and went I, I just I feel really connected now. I feel really connected. I'm just going to go in the spare room and get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great, don't do it. It wasn't about okay, the Okay, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, oh, we've been much better oh, well, since then. We've kept a handle on it. Yeah, it, it really is hard, isn't it? And everybody finds their own way through it or, or doesn't, I guess, as the case may be. But it's all about that communication, isn't it? It's about those hushed chats, whether, you know, you can take two minutes while the baby's sleeping or go for a walk yeah. together or whatever it takes it's just about actually having a chat yeah we we started doing dates we basically just started going however long she's awake for whether it's an hour whether it's two hours we would get his mum in and we would go for a walk or I mean we got on those little like higher scooters and went to the pub for a shandy like teenagers you know just even that um yeah so we're trying to do dates every weekend for an hour or so yeah that sounds really good and so now that you've kind of come out of that long, dark hole and things are looking up and you're sleeping and you are having a bit of fun. So like what's what's next for you? What's going on over the next few months? You're writing another book? Yes, yes. I'm desperately trying to um, finish the story of the Barefoot Britain run, which now seems like such a long time ago. Um, but I've given myself a deadline of October to get that draft done. So um, I'm just doing that every day now, just chip, chip, chip away. You know what it's like with book writing, Leah. <laughs> just doesn't get any easier. I do. I've set myself, yeah, October for my first draft as well. I'm right oh, there with you. Oh, great. Oh, good. We can be draft twinnies. That's good. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so I'm on that at the moment and that's the priority. And then um, really it's just about working out where we can take little trips with Storm. We're going on a staycation to Torquay. I'm very excited. Oh, hello, hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, it's like going, oh, how does it work with, with going away with her for a few nights and um and then I think we want to build up to going abroad once we can and uh, start having some family travels and family adventures. I think that's the next goal. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Well, I'm so glad that things are looking up for you. Um, looking back now at the last sort of better part of a year since Storm has come into your life and you can kind of see, look back and now also see the way forward. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody who's just out to go through all this for the first time? And it can be, you know, as frivolous as a 
bacon double egg McMuffin or, you know, something <laughs> a bit deeper, what would you say to somebody who's maybe just listening to this, sitting around, waiting for her waters to go anytime? Yeah, I would say whatever you're doing, just know that you're you're doing the best you can. And that's all you can do and you can't be perfect. Like it doesn't, it doesn't exist. And I think constantly trying to like strive for perfection. I remember in the first few weeks of having her, I was like, I don't want her to cry at all. Like that is not in your control. Like you can do what you can, but you can't be perfect. There is, there is no such thing. Being a perfect parent is actually just doing what you can, I think. So I would just say whether you're pre-birth and you're having a meltdown, it's all feeling too much. You've done as much as you can. And you're doing whatever you can. And then post-birth, I would say, just remind yourself, you're doing a cracking job. And no one knows your baby better than you do. So there's no one better to do this job than you. So um, just give yourself some back flaps. Back, back flaps? Back slaps. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I think... I think we're going to call this episode flaps and back slaps. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. In a nutshell. I don't know. Thank you very much. <laughs> you take a bow. Take a bow. Yeah. You do a cracking job. Whatever you're doing, it's awesome. Oh, brilliant. Well, I mean, what better note could we possibly have on which to end? So I think I'll, I'll leave it there. But thank you so much. I mean, just on a really selfish level, it's so nice to see you and chat to you. But also, I know that um, listeners responded so warmly and enthusiastically to you back in season one. So thank you on behalf of all of them for coming back again. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for listening to me ramble on, Leah. I appreciate it. Thanks so much to today's guest, Anna McNuff, and thanks to you for listening to What the Midwife Said. If you enjoyed this episode, please review and subscribe to the podcast. Tell me all about it on Instagram, at Leah Hazard. Tell your friends, and join me next time.